Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew. These are the last words of Jesus before he ascends to heaven. Let's share those good words together. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it has certainly been a week. My guess is that one of three things happened if you voted, other than, of course, clinging up your limbs from the ice storm. Situation number one, every candidate you voted for won, and every state question or policy decision went your way this week, and you can't wait to see it all implemented in the coming months and years. Your temptation is to be self-righteous and, frankly, kind of hard to live with. Number two, some of your ballot went your way and other parts did not. And now you're a bit confused and maybe even a little hurt concerning the disconnect between your thoughts and wants and those other ideas that won out over your deeply held beliefs. Quite frankly, you're a bit stunned. Your temptation is to be grumpy and gripe to anyone who will listen why it should have been your way. Well, you're not much fun either. And then there's the third category. For the first time, or maybe now repeatedly, not a single candidate or decision went your way. People say, vote, and you do, and nothing changes. People say, let your voice be heard, and you say it, and you're ignored. You vote and are not represented. You stand in line like everyone else, but don't receive the benefit of the decision. Your temptation is despair, depression, anger. You don't know whether to lash out or give up. And to all three situations, Jesus says, wait, listen, do not despair. Do not think too highly of yourselves either, for God has given me all authority in heaven and on earth, and I am still with you. I'm with you. We are in the middle of our sermon series, Words We Long to Hear. And in week one, we learn the words, I love you. Say that with me. I love you. And I do. I love you. Thanks for tuning in today. Love is authenticated by our actions because you know around here, people may not believe what you say, but they will believe what you do. So that was week one. Week two is this. These words we long to hear. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for following Jesus. Thank you for doing your best in a difficult time. Thank you. And our thank you is authenticated when we share when we share in each other's distresses and we share in each other's rejoicing. We rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. And as the blessings come down, we are grateful. We say thank you to God and to one another. And then we come to today. And there's another set of words that we long to hear. When I was a boy, my dad was the assistant minister at First United Methodist Church of Bartlesville. He was over family ministries and once a month we would go camping. This is a photo of Devil's Den. It's one of the caves there. It's in Winslow, Arkansas. And we would go over there every October and we would go spelunking. We would go cave exploring and there's some water in there. And it was really cool and really fun until your flashlight went out. And as a seven, eight, nine-year-old, I would sometimes decide that I wanted to take the lead and I would go all the way back in the cave and my lantern would go out. 
and I would get scared because I, I couldn't see a thing. And I couldn't really turn around because I was in a little crevice. And I would say, Mom, Dad, you still there? And I would hear, I am with you. I'm here. I'm still here. We're with you. Keep going. It's okay. You're not alone. We're with you. I am with you. These are words we long to hear. They're life-giving, wonderful words of life. And I just wonder this week if you feel like there are people with you. Who are your people? Do you feel alone and isolated or do you feel surrounded by love and grace and support? In a deeply divided country, what we need is to listen to God and one another. Here's a listening challenge so that we can hear God and hear one another and sometimes hear God through one another. So here's the challenge. Number one, no interrupting. Number two, not giving my opinion unless invited. And number three, refusing to have the last word. Really, you don't have to have the last word because Jesus is with you. I want to recommend these to you. and I think your life will be a lot more peaceful and I think it's going to be better if you will simply not interrupt people, not give an unsolicited opinion, and not have to have the last word. Because God's good word can be the last word in your life. So what does the Bible promise? Well, the Bible promises that God is with us. And this is great news. All the way back in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Scriptures, the prophet Isaiah said this, Do not fear, don't be afraid, for I am with you. I am with you, the prophet says of God. This is God speaking to his people. Do not fear, the scripture says, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Later in Isaiah, the prophet writes, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Again, God is saying, don't be afraid. And water in, in the scriptures often represents chaos and danger and worry. And so even when you go through those hard times, God says, don't worry, I'll be with you. And then in verse 5 of, of chapter 43, do not fear again. Why? For I am with you. You don't have to be afraid, friends. One of my favorite scriptures uh, that I often will put in uh, Bibles and in notes. Uh, this week is our third grade Bible presentation. And so for all of our third graders, I hope you will learn this scripture. It's one of my favorites. It comes from Joshua chapter one. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's one of the beautiful things about our faith, friends, is that it's not just about America. It's not just about your state or the city that you live in. Everything belongs to God, and God is with you wherever you go, anywhere on the planet. Even if you leave the planet and you go to the moon or to Mars or someplace else, God is with you wherever you go. Because the God we serve in Jesus is the same God who created the moon and the stars and all of the galaxies of heaven. God is with us wherever we go. This is good news. So what does it mean that Jesus is with us? I love the way uh, Jürgen Moltmann puts it. He says, Christ's cross stands between all the countless crosses which line the paths of the powerful and the violent, from Spartacus to the concentration camps and to the people who have died of hunger. God is with those who suffer. God is with the powerless and God is with you today. 
this suffering Jesus. Jesus knew hardship. Jesus knew hunger. Jesus knew injustice. And the suffering of Jesus, Moltmann says, is so much one of us that the unnumbered and unnamed tortured and forsaken human beings are his brothers and sisters. And so if you're finding yourself in a place of injustice where you've been harmed, where you've been wronged, where you're not listened to, where you've been pushed down, God is with you. Jesus knows your need. Jesus knows how you feel. He has empathy for you and he has been there. And he loves you right where you are. You are not suffering alone. Christ suffers with you. When Dietrich Bonhoeffer was in his death cell about to become a Christian martyr in World War II, he wrote these words, Only the suffering God can help. Jesus today remains on the side of victims and powerless. Jesus knows suffering. Jesus knows injustice. Jesus knows the pain of speaking truth and being beaten for it. And if you are hurting today, afraid or discouraged, Jesus is here for you. Call out to him, whisper to him, and remember that Jesus says, I am with you. So I want you to see some of the very words of Jesus in the scriptures. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Jesus says, Don't be troubled. You don't have to worry or be afraid because Jesus is preparing a place for you. And this earth is not our home. The scriptures tell us that this life that we live, it's just a blink of an eye. Our eternity is at home in the heavens with God forever. And it is so good, friends. And Jesus says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Friends, this is great news. What it means is that your future is secure. Your future is secure. So friends, I want you to say this with me. My future is secure. Ready? One, two, three, all together. My future is secure. In Jesus' wonderful name, it's his promise. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. That's the great thing about eternity, right? It's not just from now forward. It's from this point all the way forward and all the way back. There's no place in time that Jesus has not been and will not meet you. But the problem is that we doubt. The problem is we doubt. Thomas doubted. Jesus is saying this in the Gospel of John, and he says this to his disciples. He says, and you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas says, what are you talking about, Jesus? No, I don't. Of course we don't. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? That's where we all are. And in those moments where we doubt, where we're frustrated, we're like, come on, Jesus, we don't see any of this. Jesus reassures us that he loves us. Not because we deserve it, but just because that's Jesus' character. He loves all of his children. So Jesus reassures those he loves, and that includes you and me. So Jesus says to him, and to you and me today, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. Because when we see Jesus, we are seeing the exact imprint of God in the flesh. When you know Jesus, you know God the Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So friends, my deep belief 
is that when you and I and every person on the planet, when we die, we close our eyes one last time, we wake up to the beautiful, loving face and presence of Jesus. And if you want to be with Jesus, he's like, welcome to the party. Welcome to the table. Here you are. He is that good. He is with you wherever you go. In life and in death, Jesus is there for you. Now the question, of course, is will you be there for him? So Jesus, never leaving us abandoned or forsaken, even when he had to leave the earth, he asked his Father God to send the Holy Spirit so that we would never be without him. So Jesus promises a helper, an advocate, uh, like a defense counselor, always there for you, always lifting you up, always supporting you, always helping you. The Holy Spirit to all who love Jesus. It's available to you right now here today. So Jesus goes on in John 14. He says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate, a helper to be with you forever. So father, son and Holy Spirit there for you now and always. And here's the great news. Not only is God with you, he is for you. He's not ambivalent about your future. He's also not worried about it. God loves you right where you are and wants you to be in relationship with him. So not only is God with you, he is for you. Say that with me. He is for you. With all that I am, I pray that you will believe that today because it changes everything. When you know that the God of all the heavens and the earth is for you, has what is best for you, it changes the way you live your life. You no longer have to be afraid. You no no longer have to be anxious and troubled. God is for you and with you. The Spirit of Jesus is available to you right now and lives with, in, and among you. I want to show you the scripture where we know this to be true. It's from John 14, 17. It says, this is the spirit of truth, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So that same spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him. And because he abides with you, and he will be in you. Now, if you look at the footnotes in your study Bible, if you have one of those, you're going to see that it says with, around, among, It's plural because God always lives in community. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Even in God's own self, it is in relationship. It is in community. And so when Jesus visits, Jesus visits with all of us in community. We love one another. That's how the world knows that God lives in us. And it is in that relationship that God comes and dwells among us, in us, abides in us, in the church, in the people of God, on mission for God. And it's so important, friends, that you understand this, that Jesus does not leave us. He does not forget us. He does not forsake us. Jesus is right with us through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the advocate. Um, Other traditions call it the Holy Ghost. Um, But just notice, again, the promises that Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. And here he's referencing the Holy Spirit. He says, I've said these things to you, While I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. 
And so, friends, if you have a prompting of the Spirit, it has to match the teachings of Jesus. Because the whole role of the Spirit is simply to teach you everything you need to know and to remind you of everything that Jesus has already said. And so this is the way you know that you're in God's will, that the promptings that come to you through the Spirit have to match the life and teachings of Jesus as found in the Scriptures and in the tradition of the church. Now, when we do this, Jesus' promise, His command, is the blessing of peace. Jesus' promise, command, and blessing is peace. He says this later in the chapter, Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Now these words, friends, are for every people in every nation on the planet for every year of all time. Is it for this week in America? Yeah, you bet. It sure is. But it's much bigger than that. It's also for every people at every time. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. And if these words weren't enough, on the very last moment before Jesus ascends to heaven, he gives us the Great Commission. And many people will say that the Great Commandment of loving God and loving others and the Great Commission make a great church, and I would agree. So here's the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let me ask you, how much is all? All. God in the flesh in Jesus. All authority, God's authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. And so he says, because that's true, we get to this big word, therefore. Right? And so when we get in the scriptures and we say, oh, there's a therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? Well, in this case, Jesus is saying, therefore, since this is true, since I have all authority and power, as you go, make disciples, make apprentices, make followers of me, ones who are learning how to live like I live, to do the things that I do, to say the things that I say, to love in the ways that I love with self-sacrifice and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and self control. As you go, make apprentices of the kingdom life. And what do we mean by kingdom life? Well, simply that whatever God wants done will be done in that space and time. So again, the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And we do that not alone, but by the power of the Holy Spirit who teaches us and empowers us to do everything that Jesus commanded. We remember that kingdom life is where what God wants done is done. And that can start right now. Not after you die, but right now. So that when you do wake up and you meet Jesus, you'll be like, hey, Jesus, it's good to see you. And you might not even know whether you're alive or dead because you've become so used to talking to Jesus face to face. You're so used to hearing his voice, knowing what he wants from you, that you're simply living another day in the kingdom. Dallas Willard says it might take him a little while to figure out that he's actually passed. Dallas died a few years ago, 
And I just wonder how long it took him before he realized that he was on one side of heaven because he had walked so closely with Jesus on this side of heaven. Now, when the scripture says, in the name of, it means in the possession of and the protection of. So when we talk about in the name of Jesus, it means that Jesus is living in us, surrounds us in community, in our own personal lives, and we go in his protection. So of course we don't have to be afraid. The God of heavens and the earth lives in us and protects us and blesses us and possesses our life and where we're headed. And friends, I want to remind you that kingdom life is possible right here, right now, because Jesus says, I am with you. And where Jesus is, healing is, life is, peace is, power is. Jesus, these last words of his life, he says, and remember, remember, I am with you always to the ends of the age. I'm with you always. Say that with me. I am with you always. This is Jesus' word to you today. So how often is Jesus with us? Always. There's never a place you are. There's never a moment in time where Jesus has forgotten you or abandoned you or left you out. And you say, well, I've had some pretty dark places in my life. Yep, we all do. And just know that Jesus is right there with you. Jesus suffers with you. And he's ready to lead you out, lead you home, bring you to himself. I hope you'll say yes. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words of God in the Old Testament. And we also have a wonderful witness in the New Testament from the early church. Because you see, friends, the Christian life is bigger and beyond king and country. We don't have to worry about this week. What we're about is something much bigger, much greater, much more lovely. So Paul, to the church in Colossae, he says, In that renewal, there's no longer Greek and Jew. Nope, those old forms fall away. Circumcised and uncircumcised. Barbarian, Scythian, slave and free. Nope, we're going to forget about all that fighting. But Christ is all and in all. Say that with me. Christ is all and in all. We are chosen ones to be light to the world. Beloved and not alone. Because God loves us, God has come to us in the person of Jesus, and we can live fully now in Him. The scripture goes on. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. We're going to talk about more of that in the coming weeks. And above all, friends, clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body and be thankful. Friends, if you don't get anything else out of today, love, peace, and thankfulness. Those three, they'll change your life. And so, as our action steps for this week, first of all, as a reminder, simply refuse to have the last word because God's got you, because Jesus is with you, you don't need the last word. Jesus has the last word. And he says, remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Secondly, I want to invite you to live out uh, the first two weeks of what we've learned, and that is to say thank you each and every day to someone and to say I love you each and every day to someone. So, as we close up, Jesus says, I am with you to those who are suffering. And if we are to claim Jesus' name, we too must say, I am with you to those who suffer. 
We look for those who are hurting and we show up and we roll up our sleeves and say, I'm here. How can I help? So friends, when we see someone hurting like Jesus, we can say, I am with you. I hope you'll do that with me. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.